I'm Tom, and I'm the founder here at Gosnells. I'm Will, I'm the head brewer here at Gosnells. I'm James, and I make the meat. This is our informal podcast, which we're spinning out from our Instagram live sessions. We do these every Friday live at five, and we'll be talking about honey, fermentation, and of course what we're here for, the mead. We'll also be joined from time to time by some very special guests to talk about booze more generally. If you haven't already, guys, hit that subscribe button to our podcast, whatever medium you're on. Uh, Leave us a review. Follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gosnells Mead. Perfect. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi guys, how are we? Welcome to another Live at Five. I'm back. You're back? Yeah, you weren't here last week, were no, you? I missed out. I got stuck in traffic. Uh, it was uh, a stressful, fun drive back into London on a Friday evening. That's always what you need, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of uh, just what you get, isn't it? We had yeah. quite a nice day, so you know, it's nice to end it on a stressful finish. But well, yeah, so I'm glad you're here, Will. Yeah. It, was a, it was a lot doing it on my own last week, a lot of rambling, but hopefully you guys enjoyed I it. Did, I did have a good listen. Uh, I do like your story, Tom. It's, uh, it's like keeps me smiling all week. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, um, so you brought back a beer from your travel. You're yeah, out in the so West I, Country, right? I, I dropped into Y Brewery uh, in just outside of Her- in Herefordshire. Yeah. Yeah, in Herefordshire, uh, in the Y Valley, I assume. Yeah. It's beautiful about the world. It is gorgeous. I went canoeing down the Y River. Ah, oh, no way. It's lovely. It was a really cool yeah. trip. I think um, I, I think I want to go back out there again. It's kind of that English, like that that picturesque English countryside. Bucolic is how I describe is, it. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It was a perfect time too because it was autumn, so all the leaves were changing. As this, you know, from from green all the way to red, like beautiful spectrum of color and green fields, and it was apple picking season as well. So yeah. all the trees were full, and yeah, it was really nice. And went out to uh, Chase Distillery and had a bit of a nose around there as well. And that's nice exciting. Yeah, What's that cool. site like? Nice site. Yeah, it's really pretty, man. They're, they're they, uh, I didn't realize they also, because they do mainly potatoes, but they also do uh, apple base for their gins as well, oh, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Um, yeah, a little bit fruity, and I bought a couple of bottles of that, and I'll probably get into that over the uh, the Christmas period. So. That's good. So what have we got here? So here is the Buddy Batch, which is uh, Welsh for little friend, which is... Yeah, uh, yeah. so what, this is a... So it's just a just straight ale, isn't straight it? Straight ale, yeah. All right, we'll just get into that. yeah, welcome, guys. As always, if you've got any questions, then chuck them in the uh, comment box below and we will try and look and see them. We're a bit further apart this week, just to quite a bit of distance. Yeah, but, uh, so we got upstairs in our nice little green area, which is uh, you know usually where we have lunch and uh, relax. Relax, but yeah. Um, what are we doing today, Will? So today we're, we're first going to start off with a beer and a drink and, and, and all that, but then we're going to get into uh, our new tasting bundle setups. So we're doing a few new little uh, tasting packs with some videos and stuff to go out um, over that sort of Christmas period. Yeah. So then the idea behind this is to showcase a bit of our range, but also we realize that those people love hearing a bit more about what we do and a bit more of the story. So we're going to record a couple of videos to go with the tasting bundles so you can do it in your own time rather than having to book in to say one of these sessions. Um, and they should be live on the website now. Hector yeah, which is cool. It. So I'll be doing that with with my family because my dad's birthday is coming up. So I think uh, we'll do a little bit of a tasting of that because we're sort of stuck between four countries at the moment, which is kind of fun. So we're all just going to have to jump on and, and do something together. So that's that's kind of perfect. Um, but yeah, so I drank mine yeah, uh, just because it's Friday yeah, and I, I need a drink. But yeah, so this is... Uh, we had a few of their beers from there and they're, they're quite a classic... Uh, sort of real ale style brewery, I guess. So, they're, they're like their pale ale was just. Is super... this why you were late? Because you were 
in the brewery? Well, wow. to be honest, I drove past it and then I was like, because Tom always, whenever he goes out on these fun adventures, always brings something back, whether it's a you know a three quid bottle of cider or or that was a, a good nice bottle. Of cider. Yeah, we actually really enjoyed <laughs> it. Like eight percent was a yeah. Kent, Kent uh, dry cider. Thin and dry is what oh, uh, but, my yeah, teenage was, years were made of. It's just like simple, but exactly yeah. what you yeah, want, exactly. right? It's but uh, yeah, so I'm trying to keep up that tradition and every time that we go out and visit something or do something to bring something back and, and be able to sit down and have a drink and have a chat and try to taste as many weird things as we can. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Um, what have you been up to this week, Will? Oh, God, this week uh, has been fantastic. It's been a long week. I'm happy, I'm full of energy because uh, we always say it's been one of those weeks. It no, hasn't is, been one we, of those we, weeks. We turned it. Yeah. Like I said, it feels like you know, you're pushing on a door finally. <laughs> Or ketchup, possibly. Okay, yeah. I was like, usually most of the doors I use work, but oh, well, um, that's, yeah. yeah, that's just a luck of of, uh, of mine. It's my stately home. It's, it's <laughs> quite expensive. Expensive? Yeah, it's an expensive stately. Yeah, I mean, it's quite heavy door. Heavy, heavy, heavy door. door. Yeah. The West Wing really gets gummed up. Solid in the oak, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we did. Uh, we finally brewed the first part of the small batch. Um, What's on the braggart? So the braggart, yeah. So we uh, we got all that together and, and got it fermented on, and uh, it is going quite well. It's sitting out the uh, front of the brewery actually, because it's nice and cool now, and nice. we're just trying to keep that fermentation just nice and low without any temperature control. Yeah, cool. Just kind of fun for the winter period. Uh, Hi, Scott. Nice to see you again. Let us know if you got any questions. Yeah. Anyone get involved? What else yeah. have you been doing this week? What have you cooked, Will? What have I cooked this week? Oh, come back to me on that one. Oh, what did you cook this week? Wicked turkey chili last night. Oh, nice. Not, I don't know. Turkey, turkey meat's something. I don't know whether it's an American thing. Like we don't really eat turkey in Australia. No, you don't hear. But it's really low fat, so it's super lean. So um, it shows. Yeah, I know. It's just you know. I remember when you were doing this a while ago. <laughs> yeah. It just clicked. I remember yeah. there was one one week and a half where you ate nothing but, but turkey chili. chili. I know. Uh, that was a fun good. week for all of us. I know. Uh, that was when I was on the shred, though. Yeah, yeah, tin yeah. fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tin uh, fish and rice. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> mm. Anyway, right. So we've got three of the tasting bundles to go through today, which is exciting. Uh, I'm really excited because it's a nice kind of showcase of everything we do. So we've got the... I guess the, the, what we were doing is our online tasting bundle. We kind of updated it a bit for Christmas. So now you're going to get the four cans of the core range and then three of the special brews. Yeah. So the three special brews that we end up going with, with is the roasted pineapple kavik. So that's a really, all these ones are, are not like big fruit bombs. They're, they're really traditional meads with just a slight little variation on the top of each of them. So with the, uh, the roasted pineapple kavik, we roasted up just one, one pineapple. Um, and just put that straight into primary just to pull a bit of the acid and maybe a little bit of that, that pineapple character just to push the, uh, the Kavik profile up because Kavik can be quite tropical as well. And I kind of wanted just to give it a little bit of caramel underneath, a little bit of more of that pineapple acidity. Um, and then we're doing the plum, uh, traditional as well. So that's a barrel aged 12% plum traditional. So traditional method fermented in barrel, then barrel aged, and then we uh, put it on top of a whole lot of plums. And that just kind of just brought up that stone fruit character from the yeast as well. So it just gives it this nice sort of, it doesn't taste like, uh, like we had the plum sake, what was it, two weeks oh, ago? Yeah, two weeks ago, Tom. Which yeah. was like 50% plum, 50% um, sake, and you really like put it in there and it's this big juicy plum bomb. It's just a little bit more delicate. Uh, and then we did the uh, mango and scotch bonnet, which is probably one of the best, best exciting, yeah, yeah, one of the most exciting processes and and one of the best outcomes we've got from a mead. Um, so that's just same uh, same um, 
fermentation as the plum, uh, but actually we, we sped the fermentation up on the plum and then we slowed and underpitched on the mango. So a little bit different, same yeast, but just a little bit different fermentation um, styles. And then we put in six or seven scotch bonnets, three or four with seeds, and then just a ton of mango over the top. And it just came through perfectly, the right amount of heat, which is always, if you've ever made a capsomel, it's really, really hard to get that that heat and, and flavor of the pepper balanced together. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, either the heat's too much or you get this weird sort of bitterness from, from the... Um, from the seeds or from the skins of the uh, uh, the peppers that you're using, but this one just turned out just perfect. Um, scared to try to recreate it, um, but yeah. Then we're gonna what's what's the other bundles we're doing now? The other bundles we've got split the meat of the month range into two. So the idea behind that is the meat of the month range. If you haven't come across it, was something we started. Oh, 2019. Yeah, we started yeah. It. And the idea is we took a special honey each month and we made it into a very special mead. And generally, they fell into two camps, right? They either were either single origin, so from a specific set of hives in a location, or monofloral, so it's from a single plant or flower. Yeah, I think we did uh, two as well that were uh, from single beekeepers. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, we did uh, we did one. So we, one from Biggin Hill, but it was kind of spread out around that area. Um, and the other one, I can't remember exactly which one. Uh, there was another. Yeah, there was there was another one. But anyway, so yeah. we split that range into two uh, to kind of try and showcase the range of flavors you can get out of the honeys and then the range of flavors you get out of the mead. So we've got two different bundles, one of which is all the location type meads. So yeah, you've got so the, all these single origin. Single origin. So that's the Leebridge Road, the Hackney, and then the English Heather in one. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one is the Acacia, the Orange, and the Eucalyptus. So they're kind of the, the single single flowers. I mean, obviously the bees eat other things as well, but they um, the predominant flavour comes from that that, yeah, single, yeah. that single flower. And that's that's when we put them into those two bundles as well. Is you know the reason we went with single origin versus the uh, the uh, monofloras is that just to sort of see you know the monofloras you can kind of tell you know you're looking at it and you're going okay I can understand why it's so diverse because you're getting it from one you know one sort of pollen source and and that gives quite a big character to it and that'll you know quite easily change over the different um different flora that they're feeding on but it's the single origins that are really cool as well because it's not just one flower source it's it's one area yeah and and that just sort of gives you a a, a different version of diversity yeah and i guess that leads nicely into the vintage collection which is the third bundle so what we've got is our third year of our vintage meat uh, and we, each year we've been using the same hives up in Woodbury Wetlands and Leebridge Road, so a combo of the two, uh, and blending those honeys together. But what's really cool is we've used the same hives now for the three years, and so we can see what the bees have been up to that year, basically. Yeah, and we also keep the fermentation style the same, um, just to sort of make sure that it's the honey that's showcased and not techniques that will change the flavor profile. So they're fermenting the same way, with the same yeast, at the same temperature, at the same time of the year. So it just really is zoning in on uh, the, just the difference of the honey altogether. So like when we do the meat of the months, we vary the ABV a little bit. Sometimes we'll slow down the fermentation. Sometimes we'll speed it up to create a bit more of that sort of uh, yeast ester profile. Even though we use the same yeast and we round about the same sort of ABV between sort of five, well, three and a half and, and nine. But um yeah, just sort of a little bit different to the to the yeah. vintage range. Oh, and the other cool thing about the tasting bundles for the meat of the months, we're putting in the honey that they're made from as well. Yeah. So you can get, actually sort of taste 
from bee to bottle. So exactly which honey we've used to make that specific mead, which is really... Well, yeah, me, it's a fun really, experience. Like, I really yeah. like, like because like, we do it all the time. Yeah, we taste we it before we make stuff and like, oh, I can see how this one's going to be different. And once it's fermented out, I know what sort of flavor profiles are going to come through. But with the uh, when you're doing it at home, it just you can sort of start to see the similarities between it and also how it changes during fermentation yeah. as well. And you'll see some of those more delicate flavors get pushed forward and some of those bigger, bolder flavors seem to just sit back a little bit, which is kind of cool, especially with uh, something like the Lee Bridge Road where the honey is you know, nice and sweet, a little bit floral, and then when you finish with the fermentation, it is just like bang with the floral flavors. The sweetness is subdued. The acid profile is nice and high. And it's just, yeah, it's really, really cool. That's cool. So should we do some tasting? Yeah, let's Should get into it. I'm going to finish off the beer. Guys, if you have any questions as we go through, then do let us know. Um, James and Hector, if, you, if you're at home, you just, just want to send just, us any... Just tell us you're, you're tell okay. Us, and tell uh, us you're okay. Let us know. Uh, anyone else? Do let us know. But yeah, so... What are we starting with? Starting, I, I spoke about the Leverage Road just being right, okay, incredible. Yeah, just, let's... let's uh, I'll give you that if you want to... Thank you. So this made from with honey from Leverage Road, which is where's Leverage Road? It's it's, uh, it's North London, just just above Northumberland. So that sort of Northumberland. Northumberland. North, uh, that's the name Clapton? of the station. Clapton. No, no, Clapton's uh, northeast. This is more Walthamstow, sort okay. of as yeah, you go yeah, yeah, towards so past Stratford. And yeah, up. no, no. So, oh, you, God, so yeah. if you come up the Clapton High Road, turn right. That's where it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, that sounds about right. Yeah. right. Tottenham, yeah, that clap. Tottenham right hand side of Tottenham to, on the way to yeah, yeah. Anyway. We're good at our uh, geometry. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So this is one part of our um, our vintage as well. So, yeah, so it's nice to see a different expression on the same. Yeah, moment. and it's really cool that you can you get a little bit of the vintage out, but you start to really realize how much that um, Woodbury wetland sort of adds to it, and the diversity and a lot, lot yeah. richer so, and So seven and a half percent. Yeah, just made with honey. Same yeast as our house yeast. If you just yeah, so this, right this, yeah, so this is, I think in the me the month range we only did the heather, with which the, was with, stronger. Yeah, which was stronger. The last one we made it for that sort of like wintry. If, if you've ever had heather honey before, it's it's marzipan and and funky and 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 caramel and really rich. So we really want to push that. Uh, push that up in the ABV as well, just to sort of allow those flavors to have something to counteract with. Yeah. Otherwise, it can be quite intense. And I think I've told this story before, but it's the only time I've come home after a brew day and my partner was like, go shower because <laughs> you stink like honey. Like not even like you smell a little bit like honey and it's nice. You stink. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. I like yeah. that. Uh, just a quick question on the uh, Scotch bonnet. Sorry, it's not Scotch bonnet. It's Scotch bonnet chili. Yeah, Scotch bonnet. Sorry, yeah. sorry, the chili we use was Scotch bonnet. We'll get into tasting the mango one in a second, uh, probably towards the end, because it's yeah. quite... Um, it's, it's cool. It's warming. Yeah, it's and I'm really warm. excited, because last time we, we pulled samples out of the barrel, and... Oh, uh, yeah, we did. So it was fun. just... I think we waited another week or something before we were ready to pitch, so uh, ready to pull and package. So, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see how that, that sat out now. Yeah, no, that's cool. But, uh, yeah, so Leabridge... Like we get a lot of these, uh, like apple, pear, uh, even just a little bit of banana in there as well. And then it's all florality from there. Like it's 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 not so much like rose petals like that, but it's almost like um, wildflower petals. You know, mm. you kind of get that um, a little bit of sweetness as yeah, well. Yeah, well, that is delicious. That is has a really 
Bonza product, products. There's, there's this one in the Hackney as well um, that have a really, really cool that similar profile. So yeah. I think they'll pick maybe one or two months apart and they're, they're far enough apart that they're different, but uh, close enough that they kind of have a little bit of a similar sort of profile to them. But um, yeah, this one's seven and a half where we did the Hackney's pushing the house yeast, the highest we've ever gone to 9%. So it's a little bit more high alcohol yeah, in that, a, a little bit more, more yeast. Yeah. So this one's a lot more sort of uh, honey focused. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's just really easy. Oh, I'm yeah. glad we started with that one actually. It's quite a um, it's it's lightened up over time too. Yeah, which is kind of nice. It's just got this um, like acid profile that kind of cleans up the sweetness. So as you sort of get that first mouthful. <laughs> The sweetness hits you and you get a little bit of these sort of like astringent sort of um, flavors and then a little bit of fruit and then it just cleans up nicely the acid and just makes it a nice short drink. Yeah. Which is why we push the hackney up as well, just to give it a little bit more character, a little bit more length. Yeah. This is really nice. And obviously, if you're looking for something to do during the lockdown, this is the perfect activity because like, it's, it's a nice, it. I know, it's a nice, <laughs> interesting thing to do. You know, you taste through a couple of bottles with um, whoever's in your social bubble, whatever we're calling it nowadays. Yep. Um, but also, like, if you want to, I guess, yeah, just order two kits and do it together. Yeah, well, I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to sort of send out uh, kits to each other, and we're all just going to have one each anyway. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I don't know, it's probably three three bottles of mead is is quite lovely. You don't need to drink it all at once. Like yeah. we do say over a couple of days, just because they're carbonated and they yeah, do exactly, lose, yeah. lose that carb, but I quite like them still. Yeah, so I don't get that with a lot of our products as well, is that they, they don't taste um, bad when they're still. They're a lot better when they're carbonated, they're light, so they've got a nice acid profile and that carbonic acid sort of helps with that. Yeah. And, but when it's still, it still has, it gets a little bit sweeter, a little rounder as well, and I quite like that. Yeah. But yeah. I really want to get back into that, but we've got a lot. Yeah, to, where are we going next? So next, we'll probably stick with uh, the me the month range, and we'll go for the eucalyptus. So I don't know if you've. Uh, like I grew up with eucalyptus honey in Australia, so that's why yeah, I really wanted to. It's full of eucalyptus. Is it? Yeah, you just can't move. And just as soon as I smell eucalyptus honey, it reminds me of uh, my dad making breakfast. So it was always porridge, honey over the top oh, with honey. milk. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, just, no, like, just honey for breakfast, yeah. No, just get the kids say, going. Or just eucalyptus. Maybe yeah, that was some kind of uh, koala thing going on yeah. there. Cool, yeah. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Skip. Let's move on. Um, yeah, so this one um, Ooh, got the honey in from yeah. Australia. So this is a uh, like a polyeucalyptus. So uh, there's a certain time of the year in Australia that all the eucalyptus flower at the same time. Uh, if you're lucky enough, like I used to, where I was, there was a guy who had bees in a uh, red gum forest. So we used to just get red gum honey. Yeah. Um, and, you know, each sort of eucalyptus has its own sort of flavor profile. And this is a kind of blend of all of those together. So uh, we fermented this one up to what, 7%, I think? 7.5%. Uh, that's 12. 7%. 7%. Yeah. 7%. So we fermented this nice and light as well, really trying to capture that sort of honey character in there as well. And really try and and balance out that that um it's not medicinal but like menthol sort of character you get from it because in australia we make sweets out of it so you have eucalyptus lollies that are like hardboard lollies with uh eucalyptus oil in them sure and we like i they're one of my favorite things they're just they're they're the right balance of of sweet and and medicinal you ever had army and navy sweets 
No. no they're like licorice oh, Yeah, that's no, I can't do anything anise. Ooh, Makes really me good. feel sick. Yeah, no, I love it. I love a bit of licorice. Can't do a bit. As I've as I've gotten older, like uh, I've sort of started playing around with like fennel seeds yeah. and things like that, and started introducing an e- and star anise in some of my like yeah. Asian dishes and stuff. And I don't mind it if it's in the background and adds a little bit yeah, complexity. Yeah, bit but if it's pushed forward, it just it almost makes me dry reach. Really? Well, which, is, which, which is what you want, you know? Like, um, but yeah. So for this, yeah. I, as soon as I put my nose in there, I'm just getting like. Uh, that porridge esque as well, so it's a little bit like uh, yogurt and and cereal and, and yeah. There's a richness. There's a oh, a multi depth to it, which we don't get in a lot of our um, a lot of our meat the month range. They're always usually quite light and Ooh. floral and sweet. It's almost caramelly on the on, on the palate. That's not quite the right word. There's a sweetness there. It's complex. That is good. Yeah, it's cool. And there's just a little hint at the end that reminds me of those boiled eucalyptus yeah, olives. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, it's just, and it's really cool with the eucalyptus compared to the rest of them because it is so different. Um, it just, it really has such a unique flavor profile to it, which is, which is kind of why I always wanted to use this honey. Like, yeah, one of those things exactly. when I started working meat, I was like, I really want to get the honeys that I grew up with and then turn them into meat and see what they're like. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. It reminds me of cartoons as well. I don't. Of cartoons. I think it's just like associating all my childhood sort of memories together, and and uh, yeah, yeah well, breakfast you know, and cartoons, which is uh, which is weird. We didn't have a TV, so well, you grew up okay, so that's um, that, that, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Where are we going next, Will? Mm. Oh, that is good. Where are we going next? Let's go. Let's go mango and chili. Yeah, let, let's go through the uh, the barrel and uh, traditional styles. A little bit drier. How strong is this? Cool. I can smell the fruitiness of that Scotch bonnet. So on there. twelve and a half to thirteen. I think it's twelve and a half. Um, so again, so this barrel aged Scotch bonnet and mango, mango and Scotch bonnet. Yeah, mango and Ooh, Scotch bonnet. Yeah, that fruit. So we've said this before, but the uh, the amazing thing about scotch bonnet is that fruity flavor that you get from it it's yeah and that's why i really like using it in 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 like barbecue as the chili instead yeah. of like um like bird's eye or something like that where i find it's a little you need acid to sort of balance that out in yeah. food where scotch bonnet you can really just allow that to be the sweet and hot part of your meal yeah but and that's kind of why we chose also you know i think we spoke about it last time we tasted this that there's such a um west african culture here yeah, in Peckham, where we are, yeah. and uh, they they're just everywhere. Yeah, you can't you know. leave for Scotland. And during sometimes. yeah, and, during and during the, the mango year. season as well, they are yeah. everywhere as everywhere well. So too. it's kind of just yeah, kind of goes hand in hand. I found that tinned Alfonso mango in Carnes the other day made an amazing granita out of it. Cool. Thanks for the yeah. Helen Graves. If you're uh, ever on Rye Lane, Carnes. go to Carnes. Get Carnes. Uh, you will find everything you've never wanted there. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's so cool. So cool. I remember reading an article of them setting that up and then like it was this old rundown warehouse and then... Uh, so it's the old Holdren's department store. Okay. Well, so yeah. that's why if you look at... So they're redoing it actually. They're oh, they doing it again, yeah. Um, no, no, as in they're updating the Art Deco buildings. If you actually step back from cars, it's a beautiful Art Deco yeah, front, yeah. which they're restoring as part of the Peckham Vision or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because they're doing quite a lot in that little high street there. Yeah, doing a lot. Yeah. going to change. Anyway. Ah, oh, see, that's the other the thing. Nose. That's, yeah, it's just it's amazing. it's this earthiness that's in this, um, and that was one of the things when we tasted the barrel and we were deciding on how to fruit it. 
the earthiness was something that just like drove me to chili. I don't know what it is about that sort of earthy quality. I'm like, I really want that to have chili in the background, but it's it's almost got this kind of tropical sweet type flavor. I mean, if it wasn't spicy, you God, yeah, it's amazing. It's a, this is really cool. Yeah, and like the earthiness has gone down a little bit. So yeah. last time the earthiness was very forward and almost had like this this sort of uh, mushroom-esque character to it. Um, but now that's kind of dropped off a little bit and you're right, the, the alcohol's come forward a bit as well, which is nice. And then, yeah, it's this sweet, rounded. The tropical notes are a little bit more subdued. Yeah. I think the Scotch bonnet fruitiness has sort of taken over the tropical, which is, which is really nice. Oh, that's lovely. That's really cool. It's not too sweet, right? So that's probably it's quite dry, but actually the fruitiness lends it this kind of sweetness. It's a right amount of chili. It is just enough to so, kind of tickle. Sorry, you. I'm really proud of that. Yeah, like trying to get the right, be, right amount be. of chili. Right, well, I've tried the pineapple cubic before. Let's just do the the plum. You want to do the plum again? Uh, let's do the plum again. So the plum uh, is the same base as the mango and Scotch bonnet. Of course, we did a little bit uh, of a variation on the. Uh, technique but then uh then we just got a whole lot of plums cut them in halves put them in the barrel the guys love me for it because it took God, three days in and out of just like properly trying to clean those barrels out so we you can put it back into it got everything out it was there perfect uh how'd you get the stones out uh so we didn't put the stones in that's why we uh, cut them in half and removed the piss because uh they can cause some yeah just- did i have cyanide in there's apple. Yeah, pips. I think it's just apple pips. But there's something else in 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 stone fruit that you shouldn't use the the pits for. I can't remember. Yeah, there's know. something in there you don't really want to concentrate. I don't, I don't really eat fruit well. Cool. I I grew up on fruit. Like yeah. that's no, my I'm vegetables, not fruit. Never fruit in the house. It's my snacking option, yeah. right? Like I'm not really into the sweets or chocolate or biscuits. I just have another so fish. If my girlfriend's watching. Yes, I do eat them if they're in the house, but if they're not in the house, I'm not jonesing for them. Good, good use of the word. But um, but yeah, like my thing is, I'll you know, I'll just sit there and I'll eat three mangoes in an evening, and uh, that's my yeah, little guilty pleasure. Um, so yeah, I'm struggling a little bit on the nose after the chilies. Yeah, so it's a little, little harder to get the the nuance in this. So I think, uh, especially when we do these, the, the mango and chili one would be the last one that we sort of yeah. do the tasting for because it's such a intense flavor profile. Yeah, it's kind of, it leaves you wanting more as well. Yeah, so the, the plum, when you just let it open up a little bit, the earthiness on this has kicked up, which yeah, is kind of cool. So this, this wasn't, uh, the earthiness on this wasn't as prevalent uh, it, during fermentation, but it's definitely, once we bottled, just a little bit, but the alcohol in this is what's really cool. So this nice sort of like sweet rounded heat in the alcohol. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of uh, discernible um, like just uh, stone fruit character. It's not necessarily plum. It's just a hint. It's, a it's just like it's just it feels a little bit like almost like cherry or plum or not so much apricot or peach. That sort of that sort of soft side of it. That that more sort of hard stone fruit character. Oh, your sister's joined. There we go. No, that will be my mother. Okay. 50-50? Yep. Well, probably not, actually. The other side is, without the chili, that end is so nice. It is. It's beautiful. It's creamy. uh, The alcohol isn't too far forward, and it almost has like this... uh, 
it's a tannin extraction from the barrel, so it's got this nice sort of like tanniny finish. Yeah, I can feel it drying, drying out your mouth. Oh. And and it's it's the acid profile is a lot uh, lower in this. So compared to the mango, where we sort of sped up that fermentation, produced a lot more acid and run that down. This one's just a lot more rounder and a lot more balanced in the acid profile. Yeah, no, I agree. And the mouthfeel on this is a is a a little bit more round than the the mango as well. So that sort of um, you know, addition of real, real, real fruits, fruits. Yeah, and yeah, skin just allows that to, to fill it up, which is uh, just fun. Just fun. All right, where are we going to go for the last one? For the last one, which vintage? Which vintage? Well, it's on. It's going to have to be. It's going to have to be the. It's going to have to be the nineteen. Yeah. Just, just because if I open up the eighteen, we'll finish it. We have to finish it with the it's nineteen. True. As long as we drink half of it, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I'm going to struggle with this. Do you want? Do you want to? Yeah. So, so Will is the the expert. I, I've done special. this uh, a few times. Hang but, around the brewery sometimes. But yes, this is the the fun about waxing too. Is that uh, you know. You get to get this experience of uh, awkwardly trying to open up in front of everybody. So it's a lot easier with a proper waiter's friend. Yeah. So you just run even the just up. something that's sharper than my freshly cut fingernails. Yeah. Um, yeah. That always helps. But uh, yeah, what else have we got going up on the website, Tom? What else are we going to do? I'm excited for your idea for a vermouth cap. Oh yeah, using our high grab. Yeah. So we've made this high grab, which is like. 20% come out? Uh, yeah, I think it come out just over 20%. Just over 20%. We're, we're aiming for about 22 and then we end up getting getting it conking out at about, yeah, about 20.5, I think I got it up yeah, to. Yeah, so the idea is we've got this high-grav mead that we're then going to send out as a kit, so you get, whoa, 350 mil of that, and then a load of spices to be able to make your own vermouth. So I'm a massive fan of vermouths, just in general. Um Good to set, good to drink, good in cocktails. Right? Yeah, and I think that that's kind of um, one of those ideas that we had a little while ago and just going like, how, how can we you know, make a mead version of Aperol? And, yeah. and, and, exactly. You know, I kind of always wanted to make a cocktail with, a, with our original, our 5.5, the Cosmos of London, just with another mead and yeah. just have like some, some really just mead, on mead. mead and, and mead on mead yeah, cocktail. Yeah. Because I don't think uh, there's too many cocktails out there that are just uh, 100% mead-based. Guys, if you've got any more questions, um, see Anna's joined. If you're still here, ask us a question. Let us know uh, right. what you're thinking. So, yeah, what are we on? Oh, sorry, you need to finish yours. Yeah. Um, 2019 vintage. 2019 vintage. So, so oh, fun little Friday drink Fun little morning. Friday session, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, I'm driving, so that's why I've just been pouring mine in the uh, tasting I'm definitely walking. I don't even think after this I'll uh, I'll sit in the office and drink the rest of this 19 and and then trundle on home. Trundle on home. Um, yeah. So talk us through this. 2019. So, so this is 2019. So um, we talked about the vintage and how we make it before. It's the same hives as the 18 and the 2020 as well. Um, this one, the honey was just a little bit uh, lighter in color. And you're starting to notice that now as the, uh, as the 18 is starting to age. Yeah, you can see. You can it. really see the, the, that orangey sort of color come out and that little bit of a, um, usually you'd see it in a later pick of the honey. But it's just a little bit, little bit darker and it's got a little bit more of that bitterness that goes to it as well. Uh, this is a lot lighter in the honey. It's a lot more floral. Um, it's a, it's a little bit more complex yeah. than the 18. Hey, um, you wouldn't notice it was as strong as it was, to be honest. The sweetness maybe covers some of the alcohol. Um, and this is one of those ones where 
these, the vintage range is kind of made for aging. Yeah. It's bottle conditioned. Um, it's then pasteurized and then sat on the leaves. And with the, with the yeast that we use, it 100% gets better with age. Yeah. It's one of those ones that like the yeast character is, is really. That autolysis, that breaking down of the yeast makes it a lot. And richer. that's why we chose that second yeast as well is to be able to just sit on those leaves and just get better and better with age. You know, some of the yeast that we do, we don't really like leaving it sit on the, on the leaves like we have done with these traditionals where we kind of want to, you know, sit on there for one or two months and that's about as much of that yeast character that we want to pull out. With these ones, I would say they're going to be the best in about five years. Yeah. And that's kind and of... And also what's cool is the waxing is, is also a practical point because it reduces the oxygen through the cap, yeah. right? So it's not just for gifting. Not just for show. Um, but yeah, it it's just gives a little bit more time, a little less oxygen um, and just allows you to, yeah, sit there and sit on it and pull it out for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. I think I took the 2019 uh, to my family in Australia last year. Oh. Um, which was scary because I had it in there with all my stuff that all I had to stuff, take over. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. what, I've had three fails in with my bag of stuff bursting in my bag this week. So, and the beauty yeah. of having a waterproof bag is it's waterproof both sides. So you just end up with a <laughs> sloshing bag of yeah. need. Um, you know, uh, worse it's things. fine. At least the laptop is all right. But. Yeah. So that you can really get that yeast character. Yeah. We don't, this is the only thing that we use this yeast for. It's got such a unique flavour. It's got a nice little bit of funk and musk to it as well. Mm. Oh, that is good. And the other thing is like this this honey is as raw as we really want to go yeah. with honey as well. Like I remember doing the barrel age of the 2018. I did a just a small, I think I did about 50 litres barrel age for, for 12 months. Um, so lots and lots of contact to oak really speed up that that um that aging process with the oak in a, in a really small barrel. And then uh, when I opened up the barrel after 12 months, there was about an inch and a half on the top of just solid wax. Wow. So it just completely yeah. sealed it. So it almost looked like a pellicle, but with wax. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Just because I put it straight, instead of running it through the filter, I just pulled it straight from the FE and put it straight into the barrel and just let it re-ferment, keep fermenting, sorry. And it went bone dry. But yes, yeah, it's just completely surrounded yeah. the whole barrel in wax by the end. So uh, now thinking about it, saying that we put in a small barrel to get contact with oak, it kind of almost protected itself from that as well and protected yeah. itself from the oxygen. So yeah, maybe next time the filtration on that might be a bit better to get yeah, a bit more wood character, so, but yeah. this just allowed that there to, it, it was the most like walnutty, almondy sort of meat I think I've ever made, which is kind of cool. Hmm. What are you up to this weekend then, Well, So another big one. No, I think this weekend is kind of well, it's lockdown now, isn't it? So oh, you're not going to that rave later. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've put a put a pause on that. Right. Um I'll tell Sam no, so Sammy not too expensive. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh at, at the moment it's just uh I'm I'm gonna make some mustard this weekend. I've been uh, saying that for the last like three weeks. Took us three, what are you doing? Uh so I've got uh brown and white mustard seeds. Yeah. White, yellow. yellow? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you call it white or yellow mustard. Um, and then I'll do that with uh, a little bit of kombucha and vinegar. So I'm not doing like a lacto ferment with it. I quite like it just to have a bit of fruit. So I'll use apple cider vinegar. Then I'll put in some um, kombucha and, and then sometimes I add a little bit of fruit. So either like mango or um, something that's got a little bit of like tropical character. Yeah. And then I'll just put that 
mix that all together, a little bit of sugar, put that into like a jar and just keep it for three or four days and then just allow that to sort of, I don't know if you've ever tasted mustard um, before it's finished. It is the most disgusting thing you've ever had and then suddenly it gets to like day three, day four and it's like, oh, it's mustard. So it's whole grains then? Yeah, whole grains. Yeah, whole grains. And then afterwards, uh, like last time I took half and I blended half and then mixed it back so it's a little bit more like... Yeah, um, more like- um, Dijon, Dijon? Or, yeah. yeah. So it's half half blended, half not. So you get a little bit of that sort of when you you put your mustard on and you bite into the actual mustard seed, and you get this little pop. Yeah, I like this a little pop of sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But uh, but yeah. So I'll, I'll be doing that. My my girlfriend's on. So now I have to do it. Now that I've said it. So yeah. Well, there you go. I am making bagels. bagels. That's my plan for tomorrow. Bagels. Yeah. That was that was my errand to run soft. Cool. I was going to my flour dealer. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't have enough flour. Well, so. Um, so during lockdown, I met my bought too much flour, as some might say. <laughs> no, not, not too much. Just more than the average man should ever see in a lifetime. Yeah. So it was a pallet. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, uh, and I obviously, when I moved, I didn't have a home for it. So my friend who's an avid baker, I ran around to him. And uh, his wife was really impressed with Dave. Now got 100 kilos of flour in the living room. Yep. So I just need to go and get a little bit of that. That's all right. It's our little thing next to the record player is just like three big buckets stacked full of flour, yeah, and we, we're see, still see going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can do some bagels. Awesome. I was going to make my own gravlax, but the week is quite. Oh up, man! It? So if you if you're going to do gravlax, like last time I did it, I did it with fresh horseradish and beetroot. Yeah, so you get a nice colour and a bit of depth and, and a bit of depth to it. And then I think I put it in the fridge for. Oh, it would have been a week. A week? Okay, I would have like done it really, two or three days. Yeah, yeah. like really, really long. Yeah. And like if you're going to do it, make sure you cover it or you have a really nice clean fridge because otherwise you just pick up lots of fridge character, which is... Yeah, and it's quite a lot of kimchi in my fridge. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I assume. Yeah. There's a lot of kimchi in the work fridge because of you, so I assume that it's... Seriously yeah. though, kimchi <laughs> on sourdough in the morning for, with butter. I mean, Really? Like, Breakfast I get so, kimchi? I get so happy. Like genuinely, it's the high... I like mine, Dave. No, uh, but it's just the, it's the texture, it's the fat from the butter, and it's the crunch. And you're like, oh, life is... I've been using kimchi a lot more. I really like it beside plain potatoes with parsley. Interesting. It's just got this nice sort of like one super intense, and then you've got this nice sort of creamy, yeah. starch-driven potatoes that just, they really so work. What uh, is really good with kimchi is cheap cheddar cheese. So, uh, as in, so in a lot of Korean stuff, I think it's Please, the tell me more. Second World War, Americans coming in, they like crap cheese and, kim- and kimchi in some sort of sandwich or stew. Oh, or, okay. In sh- okay. And they've got this, uh, this particular dish called Korean Army Stew, which is just stuff from the ration packs in a, in a, and now they serve in a sort of stewing pot. And now they serve it as a communal, as in, you'll get spam, you'll get instant noodles, you'll get a bit of cheese, you'll get tofu, you'll get frankfurters <laughs> in just this sick. pot with kimchi. It's, it's amazing. And if you cool. explain to other people, but like, what are you? Yeah, like, like, like if, you, if I saw it, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'll have some. But just like trying to piece together what that would taste like. Yeah, I'm just it's like, really cool. Um, and that's definitely the second war events. Um, or the Korean War. Anyway, my history's not great. Yeah, well, there are definitely two wars. Definitely two um, wars. But it would have been the Korean War, because that's after. <laughs> my, my mediocre study of history didn't cover um, ration pack stews. No, it's just interesting. It's one of those, one of those things that you're like, oh, you know, it never have happened if it weren't there. Is that a good thing? Well, you've tasted it, so you can tell me whether or not it was fun. You could tell that, like, 
in there. It's very easy to be po-faced about flavors and food and provenance. But is actually, it something that's eaten there as well, or is yeah, it just it something is. that's like? No, it is. I think, but it's, it's now. I think it's more of a. It feels like more of an anachronism, as in you would have it as a as a as a thing. I'm not sure whether anyone makes it at home anymore. Just um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right? Should we? What are we talking about next week, Will? So, come on, put me on the spot. I know, I was just about to say. We're, we're, we're very, very uh, organized here, especially during this period. Uh, it's very just, relaxed. It's just like clockwork, um, isn't it? It is scary how well we do with uh, yeah, with the just, old organization. It is. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll think of something this week. So, I think, I think next week, uh, what is it, mid-November? I think we might uh, move towards doing something with a, a couple of different styles of mead. Oh, what we could do is talk about the mould mead. Yeah, cool. Should we yeah. mould some mead next week? Yeah, we'll get, I'll get it on this week and we'll, yeah. we'll do it for, for, for next week, Friday. We can, can mull it live with the spices. Yeah, but we, we were thinking about having a different idea <laughs> with the mould mead. Oh, yeah, so we've got this exciting idea. We're going to do a single serve can of mould mead. Because, like, mould mead during this, like. It's a weird time. Isn't like, it? okay, so it's, I don't it's know if everyone. the story. Yeah, I don't know if everybody's got the same sort of mentality as me, but, um, like, I don't really like the, the pumpkin spice at, at, you know, in. in uh, I mean, you're not a pu- pumpkin spice latte I'm, man. I'm. No, no, I'm not. By far, I'm not. Yeah, so well. Um, yeah. And I'm not really. I, was, I wasn't really into, like, mulled drinks, especially coming from Australia, because we just never really did them. And they're big there now. Like, I can remember when I, like, I went back and everyone's like, oh, yeah, we, I mean, we all do mulls. And they're like, we never did this growing up. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I fell in love with it here. And not necessarily mulled wine. I fell in love with mulled port. <laughs> just, just because I'm not making mold one. I, I like mold cider as well, but yeah. you've got to do mold cider with like a nice scotch and pomegranate. I like hot buttered rum. I made some hot buttered rum once, and that was that was the end of it because it is just it's just fat and sugar. Yeah, I tell like, you what's worse is you ever had a, a port flip? You know, the flip, flip, which is the egg, the whole egg, yeah, just shaken with a spirit. Or in this case, port. Yeah, but so it's great. Yeah, like, lunch. You've had like okay, so I don't really like mold stuff. But when I was when I was a cocktail bartender, I fell in love with making nogs. Yeah, like I just just wanted to do as weird as I could. Yeah. Like because people used to always freak out about using eggs in cocktails, and you're like, yeah, that's fine. As long as the eggs fresh, like yeah, go nuts. Yeah. You know, you, it's same as like cooking with eggs at home. Just smell it. It smells bad. Yeah. Same as home you know, brewing. If it smells bad, and your body goes, don't drink that or don't eat that. Yeah. Don't do it. So, we are going to put mould mead in the can. So, we're going to, yeah, place, for me, whinging story. about me not liking mould, we're going to put uh, a flat mould mead into a can uh, so there can be a single serve. Pop it. <sighs> yeah. Pop it, pop it in the microwave. Pop it in the microwave. In a mug, not in the can. In a mug, not in the can, and only for very, very... Specific amounts of time? Yeah, very so like, short. So because 20, 20 seconds at a time. Because really, what we don't want to do is... is burn put off it, the alcohol. Yeah, burn off the alcohol. And, and if you know how microwaves work, it's a very, very intense amount of heat direct in the middle, right? Maybe we'll do a deep dive on microwaves next week. Can we? If you, just, if you want us to do something on microwaves, just let me know because I would love to research microwaves. Yeah, I mean, and anyway, we'll talk about mold mead next week. Yeah, I think yeah, I'll put some together, and I think that uh, I think that's a really cool idea because usually at this time of the year we would send out lots of mold mead everywhere. Yeah, and it'd be you know on your 
soup urn on the on the bar and when you walk into a pub it just smacks you with these like winter smells which I kind of miss you know like even though I'm not drinking mold meat but when you walk into a it's pub and it doesn't smell like old beer and urine Christmas it smells like holiday season as you would say but yeah, yeah. The, the, it, you know it's, it's exciting we need to try and recreate atmosphere at home yeah and I think you know being able to you know like I when I was talking about making mold port like you buy a whole bottle of port and it'd be on a hot in the stove and you'd go and you'd drink it all day and like if you start it you kind of have to drink it all yeah. that's kind of the the rule of thumb so if you do it in a single serving then you, you know yeah just uh, fill your beats yeah yeah nice right well on that note guys we'll see fix you next week but yeah. uh, always a pleasure well yeah it's always fun all right let's let's get to the real drinking yeah take care all right cheers guys thanks for listening guys hopefully you enjoyed that so hit the subscribe and like button and follow us on all our social media, and we'll see you again next week. If you've got any questions or thoughts or just want to chat about mead and honey, then drop us an email to podcast at goslands.co.uk. Or better still, jump on our Instagram live at fives, ask us uh, any questions that you have, and watch us scramble to try to find the answer and uh, look like we know what we're talking about. Or if you want to see what I look like, you can head on over to the website at www.goslands.co.uk. 